The GGBC is brought to you by GG Poker. It's the world's biggest online poker room. They have more players than any other site and it's designed to bring back the fun to poker. They've got the classics like Texas Hold'em and Omaha with games for all skill levels. Yeah, Deck loves Bounty Hunter. Yes, I do. And GG Poker has games that you won't find anywhere else. They run huge tournaments with big prize pools. And George, did you know they actually hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament? What about if you're a new player? Well, George, I'm glad you asked. If you're new to GG Poker, when you make your first deposit of at least £10, you'll get £60 in free play. No wonder they've got more players than any other site. You've got to be 18 or over, and this offer is for new UK players only. Minimum deposit is £10. Full T's and C's apply. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is a crowd podcast. Nine to one. They're giving me no chance whatsoever. When you walk out to the light and all your supporters are singing, it's like a Stoke City hacker. Had you planned for the win? Tears, mate. Tears. Like, it was. It was just that moment. It's just like, it's going to happen. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Hello, Deck. Hi, George. How are you? I am, I was going to say really good and then brilliant and it came out as brilliant. It's either you go one of the two, so why not? Do I'll a, just go really good. What do you good. call it when you put two words together and make one? Uh, a feature smash? No, forget it. Brilliant. But you're brilliant, yeah? I am. Why so well? Uh, because I'm with you, mate. Yeah, of course. It's great to see you. And mm. I'll tell you what. What? Considering we make these timeless episodes, today's episode, it's... Well, it's with a current fighter, actually. We're, we're on the cutting edge of British boxing, aren't we? Well, one of us has to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm still at the blunt bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who we got? Well, everyone knows already because it's written in the bio. Of course. But it is uh, Nathan Heaney. Nathan Heaney. That what you you mean the new British middleweight champion, Nathan Heaney? Yes, fresh, fresh off his win. Battle as a massive underdog. Uh, oh, underdog, you say? He was an underdog. Yeah. Like a Kasabian underdog. Some bookmakers would price them at 12 to 1, which is unheard of. Well, 12 to 1 outsider. But he's, so he's, he's one of the biggest underdogs. That must be one of the biggest shocks in British boxing in, for the British middleweight title ever. It's that time of year, Deck. Shock time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sort of Silly a, season. Sort of, yeah, late November. Yeah. Uh, I reckon we should get him in then. And we could talk about 
what it's like to be the underdog. Yeah, that could be what a great think? idea because I've got plenty to say. Yeah, yeah, we've never really done that. We've never had a look at that mm. underdog role and you were one. What's your underdog story, Dave? I ain't got one. From Swindon. You, you, just, <laughs> Swindon just from dog. Swindon. We're all underdogs. It's the Swindon dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, then. Let's get him in. Well, let's get him in. Uh, did you tell him to bring his British title? His new, his new belt? I didn't, did you? No, I hope he's got it. I bet he's brought it. It'd be good for the visual, wouldn't it? It would. Right, let's get him in. This is the George Groves Boxing Club. I'm George Groves, as ever, with Deck Taylor. And today we have the underdog, Nathan Heaney. Not the underdog anymore, though. Yeah. No, not me, no. <laughs> <laughs> the new underdog? Yeah. Is, is he, he, are you still the underdog? He's not the underdog no. anymore, are you? I, don't, I, don't, I guess I, I think I still will be. I'll probably, yeah, possibly in the future. But, but that, yeah, after Saturday, hopefully I'll put some of them underdog things to the side. But hopefully mm. not, because... I love it when my Stokies make a fortune on the betting odds, <laughs> you know what I mean? So hopefully they get good odds like that again. Yeah, so you're 12 to 1 in this fight with some people. That's yeah. what, that's what I, I saw. So 12 yeah. to 1 so against Denzel Bentley for the British middleweight title. There, you got it there. Look, yeah. Don't let it out of your sight. Yeah. I mean, 12 to 1 is a mad price in a two-horse two race Yeah. at the best of times. I do, yeah. I <laughs> Did you, are you even aware of that? I was aware on the way up of 9 to 1 because I was just looking. Obviously, I, I can't remember what post I put out on Facebook. But the comments, I just quickly scrolled through the comments. It was just lovely seeing like all the best Nathan, like the amount of support was phenomenal. But I saw this one picture and this lad said, please make sure you win mate. I've got a bet on you. And it was 50 quid on at nine to one. And I said, Steve, nine to one. I was like, that's just like, they're giving me no chance whatsoever. Mm. But if, if anything, just it helped me. Like, I just thought, come on. Just it, it give me a bit of motivation, a bit of extra. Yep. Like yeah. didn't, it didn't make anything negative in me. I just thought, this is this is madness. Mm. Obviously, they, they don't rate me at all. So, or maybe it's more that people well, rated Denzel. Well, well yeah, and, and, and rightly so because yeah. he's a very very good fighter. Mm. But yeah, it was inter- It was interesting. I've never really had that. It, it was a, the whole dynamic was different than I've ever experienced before. The old walking in first and not second, being the challenger, and and. It was just very strange, and obviously, like looking at that, the odds and stuff on the way up there, I, I just had to be really strong on the way and mm. the way and mentally going into it. Mm. Let's we'll deep dive a bit on that. The idea of underdogs. You were underdog a couple of times, once in particular. Um, just seeing how it might affect the way that you approach the fight and everything else. But since we've got you here, and we're only a few days after the event, has it sunk in yet? What you pulled off on Saturday? Yeah, it's it's, we- it's weird. Like the whole thing itself is weird. Like when we when me and me, Steve and Danny parts up outside the Manchester Arena, and we were going to get go go to get some food. What I, sort of time was this? This you're talking eight o'clock. Eight o'clock well, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, set off seven eight o'clock. It wasn't late. Well, I was told I was going to be boxing potentially twenty to twelve at night. And so I thought, right, we're going to go a little bit later. Yeah. But then when we actually got in the change room, they said, you want to call past 10, which didn't work out anyway. Which didn't work out anyway, because, you know, so I was like, like I, I just had McDonald's. Normally I like getting there at least a, four hours before the event. Mm. So four can, hours, yeah. Yeah, so I can assess the arena, see what it looks like. But anyway, we're at the car park, and I just said to Danny, it's so weird. We're, we're about to headline at Manchester Arena for the for the biggest fight we create, but it doesn't feel like it at all. It just feels like, it feels like we're just going for it in the town now if we get some Christmas presents because the Christmas markets is just opened so weird so, but I think it's good to have that disconnect it wasn't like I was thinking about it at all and yeah but in terms of it sinking in 
Yeah, I, it's no, not really, because it's just because I, I, I see boxers external to myself. Anyway, I don't think myself. I am the British champion. I don't think like that. It's weird. I'm the British champion. I am, yeah. But but then but then when you do the school run on Monday, you're suddenly back to reality. It's just normal life. It's so weird. But the greatest, the greatest experience in sports I have ever had. Like it was just it was just phenomenal. It's. A, you you've been there yourself when it comes to the gale and stuff like the, the feeling of when you win. Now, granted, you're, you're much higher level than I've ever boxed up, but like that's like it was just yeah, it was amazing. Mm, and that you were the underdog in that in the, the gale fight, weren't you? For the British yeah, fight. I was not not a nine to one job, but many people were picking the gale. Yeah, and think, you had to sort of listen to that. I think I think hey 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 back me to win. Uh, yeah, points. That was because you were his mate. Yeah. <laughs> No, but he he went points and he won. He, it might not have been as big as twelve. Is that why his celebration? It was decent. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, after I was like, was you really happy for him, mate? Or is it just? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his little betting slip in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's like that sense of oh, accomplishment. You know, like when you are the underdog yeah. and no one's really picking you to win, and then you, I felt like I detached myself from from the fight in the build up. Maybe a little bit like you're describing now. You know, yeah. you're at the. You're at the venue. Have you boxed at the Manchester Arena? Already? Yeah, I boxed before. Yeah, so, and, and this is a weird thing that I, I spoke about. I've spoken about before. I, I boxed at Flatley on the Joyce Parker undercard, and all my stokies were were in the upper tier, so right in the gods, which I didn't know at the time. I didn't know how far away the tickets were going to be. But when, what, when top tier they were, yeah, the top tier. So, so, when, so when me and Bentley, like you said, this underdog mentality and stuff. When me and Bentley were first announced, I, I started sparring for the first time. And I was getting my head pinged off by this lad called George Davy. Now, my mate Luke said I was sparring good, but he's two eight divisions below me. He was hitting moon shots, and I was thinking, if Bentley does this to me, if this kid's doing this to me, Bentley's gonna rip me to shreds. So I had this dead negative mindset of I was in the upper tier, I had this image in my head. I was in the upper tier looking at the ring, so it's my miles away, and I'm just on my knees, on 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 one knee like I've been put down. Dead weird. You don't really want to be thinking like that. Are you visualising this just during the day? Or is this like Yeah, just, just just randomly, just in the day or whatever. So just just think, I'm thinking, why am I, why am I thinking like that? But then but then you're deep in the fight and you, you, you know it's happening. And then as the weeks progressed, I was getting fitter and, and sparring was getting much better. Then all of a sudden, it's weird how that belief just, or that disbelief changes to like you believe you, you can do something it's always changing more positively but but there was a period about seven weeks ago where I just think about slipping a shot and throwing the right hand I don't know if you've had this but just thinking about the fight your body thinks you're actually fighting you still go fight in flight mode so weird so I was getting like adrenaline shocks all day every day for about a week I was thinking what's going on here what? have you had it before for any other fight I have yeah, yeah. but that was but but I thought to myself at the time, it's because my dad had just died. So I thought maybe that was something to do with it, possibly. And and the, the only thing that stopped that happening, it was, I remember, it was weird even just like touching the uh, the shower button. Just sent like an adrenaline shock through. I was thinking, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown here. This wasn't before the Bentley fight. This was th three years ago, whatever it was, and four years ago. But then I said, you've just gone through your dad dying. Like this fight's nothing compared to that. And then once I thought that, it just stopped, and then for some reason, the the once I realised that the adrenaline shots were just normal, they all of a sudden just stopped, and they just and then it was just focusing on the fight completely. There, and then the weeks were getting better. I was getting fitter. I was doing everything Steve was asking me to do, and then by the time the week came, I was just thinking, 
I don't, I don't think I can lose this fight. Mm. I know that sounds ridiculous because you have to have that belief anyway. But I just the way I was performing and the way I was doing the work on the pads and running up the hills, I just knew I was. We just me and Steve just got it bang on, bang on. Did you share any of um, them visions? If that's what they are, you know, the thoughts, the thoughts of losing, and then which manifests into the thoughts of winning. I, I don't think I told anyone about. No, because I wouldn't want anyone to think I was thinking that negatively. But I did share with Steve. I just said about, I'm getting ner like nerves or adrenaline. I say I can't stop. I can't stop these adrenaline shocks. And then, and it, but then I think it was actually just speaking about them. To be honest, then st stopped it a little bit. Like because I think it's because I was all, I was internally processing it instead of just speaking about it. And then once I spoke to Steve about it, I spoke to some other lads. It was just like, it just means a lot to you, the fight does. Mm. So you yeah. like applying pressure to yourself, maybe. Essentially, mm. yeah. But then one, but once, I, once, I, once I did realise what it was all about and just let it happen, instead of thinking, oh, the adrenaline's happening, it's negative, it just, it, it actually just disappeared completely. Do you think it helped? Do you think, do you, think you performed better in camp well, for actually having negative force well, to start well, well, with? Well, I was thinking to myself, this can't go on for another six or seven weeks because I'm going to be, I'll have no adrenaline on the night, I'll be, I'll be drained. So that's what was causing the negative feedback loop that kept going around in my head. Right. But then once I realised it's going to stop eventually, and it did. It sounds like I'm having a, a real thing here, but but it's, it was only it's only for a short period of time. Like I say about a week. I was just thinking about the fight, this and that, almost becoming a bit obsessed with it. To be honest, Th thinking about it too much, the fight. But then once we just is that up. possible? Do you think to overthink? Oh that, yeah, right? one million yeah, percent. Yeah. Just you don't need to think about it. Like let 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 your coach th think about it. Just listen to him. If you trust him, just let them do all the work. You don't need to think about anything. I think style-wise, you can look at a fighter, but they can change. Ch fighters can change, and 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 you can prepare for something. It's completely different on the night. So I just look at attributes of them. Nathan, if someone said to you, "Right, it's Denzel Bentley fight. You're the underdog, but it's just another fight. Just treat it like another fight." Or they said, "This is Denzel Bentley fight. This is the hardest fight you're ever going to have." Yeah. Which one would you rather hear? The the well. I already had it. it was Steve, my coach. He just said, "It's just another fight." When that's you wake what up, the coach always yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's the right instruction? For, for me personally, it depends on the it depends on the fighter. Yeah. It depends if they can if they crumble. Like, are they gonna? Have they got thoughts that run wild with them that would destroy them? If you said this is the biggest fight of your career, like Steve said to me on the way up in the car, "Listen, son, you can make history. You can make history." And I don't know, I can make history. Like it's. But I didn't overthink. I didn't think. Oh my god, I can make history. Like it's just. I I know that's what can happen. Like and and I know I can win the British title if if it all goes right. But yeah, it, it's um. But Steve just said to me when you wake up Sunday morning, regardless of what's happened the night before, every fight we've had, you wake up the next day, you make a cup of tea, and it's just another fight. It's just another night. It's just normal. And that's that's the way I like to look at it anyway. And and yeah, it's worked so far anyway. I think that's a good question because. Your Tudor fight, with everything, the history and so much riding on it, and like you know, you got the money waiting for you in in the Super Series. What did you think? Did you think this is everything, or do you think just turn up, perform, and a cup of tea on the Sunday morning? Can you remember? Yeah, how no, I tried it? to make it like oh, this is the another, most just another fight, just another fight. Yeah. But what was Shane saying? To get my Degale fight wasn't just another fight. Yeah. It was this is, this is life and death almost. Mm. This is everything. And I always say that to when if I ever meet a fighter and they've got a big fight, yeah. I usually tell them that. Yeah, like Chris. Just be, I told him to Chris William Smith. I said to Luke Campbell before he fought Lomachenko. 
Um, it might be counterintuitive. It might not be necessarily the right thing for the right right fighter. But yeah. I, there's a part. I feel like there's not enough people out there there who campaign for that yeah. that way of thinking. It's more just because it's almost like it's much more comforting to say, don't like, don't panic, don't stress, just another fight. You wake, but ultimately, you wake up the next morning and you make a cup of tea is different when you've got the British title looking at you, yes. gleaming up yeah. at you. Then you've just beat someone who you've probably you might have beaten already or yeah uh, maybe it's it's better to see to the fights how 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 their reactions like say the adrenaline i had and the feelings that you could potentially have in the biggest fights of your life yeah is normal yeah like it's normal like if if i knew that you were getting nervous before big fights and stuff it's not it's a normal reaction i knew in like amateur boxing days because i had 90 fights in amateur but i knew when my days were up because i no, no longer had nerves I just didn't have anything anymore. I just literally waiting in the back room and thinking, I I'm going to have a fight here. And I know I'll probably fight my heart out and I'll probably lose on a split majority decision again. Happened quite a lot as an amateur, to be honest. So I just, I had no, I, that, that adrenaline, everything went. So I knew that, that my days as an amateur were gone, as, bo as a boxer were gone. But, but it's nice now that I have him more than ever, really. In a good way, though. Not in a negative way, in a good way. It just, it just knows I love what I'm doing and how much it means to me at least. Speaking of that adrenaline, I want to ask and we want to get into a bit, that moment when you're waiting for the result and obviously when the result gets, what's going through your head? Uh, like yeah. you're, you just look like, it looks like it's going on for an hour and you're just like, please tell someone tell me that I've won this fight. Yeah. And it, Bentley's sort of giving it this one, but half-heartedly. Yeah. And you're kind of, are you at that moment, are you like, I've won this? I, I, I knew I'd won it. Even when yeah. they said 114, 114, I was like, I, would, I could, in my head, I just, when I'm watching it back, I'm thinking, but it looks like I can't hold myself up, like the way I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, like it's because I know moments away from, I'm moments away, mate. <laughs> I'm not loving Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. Bloody hell, I spoke about my dad earlier and didn't get upset. Speaking <laughs> on the British title, but he said, yeah, but it's just, it was, it was just that moment. It's just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You knew at that point. I just knew, man. And, yeah, when, yeah. He said, and when he said 116, 113, and then 117, 111, yes. I thought, mate, yeah. there's no way that someone's ripped me off that much. There's no way. Yeah, sorry about you. Think no, just, it, it just, and like when, when I fell on the floor and you see, I watched myself, I was like, bloody hell, it's like, I mean, like an exorcism or something. <laughs> but it's just, it's just that much. What's you, going through your head at yeah, that point? Just, Can you even I'm remember? Ju I'm just, I can't remember. And it's weird because for the whole time I had my eyes closed. Even when I won and I'm on the floor, I just got my eyes closed. It's like, I don't know what I was doing to be honest. <laughs> had you the, planned for the win in your brain? You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're visualizing, you've gone from visualizing getting up off the floor to visualizing winning, but you haven't told us that you visualized oh, getting your hand raised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, one of the greatest pieces of music ever composed was Bill Conti's final bow from Rocky. Mate, I played that. And you think I got upset there, mate. I'm telling you. In my own kitchen, at my own home, I'm just imagining. Because it starts off there. And I was just imagining myself. And mate, every time I got sat there, tears, mate tears like because I just imagine I was thinking this will be the greatest moments of my life in terms of sporting wise sporting moments anyway and so I had envisioned that yeah I had envisioned it quite a few times 
And I, but it, well, what's weird is when I played the song on, on the way back in the car, me and my wife were driving back after I'd won the brief I played the song, didn't get upset once. It's weird. <laughs> like, You've because, done it. because I'd done it. I'd yeah. done it. I didn't get upset once. It's very weird. Whereas before, it's just the imagining it, imagining the, the feeling of winning. I knew what it would feel like. And, and when obviously it actually happened, mate, the, the most incredible feeling ever I just knew I'd won I just knew I'd won I just knew I'd won Wait. even that 14-14 1-14 1-14 I didn't even think to myself I didn't say anything bad I was just thinking that. I was like I was like no 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 please 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 like that's all I was saying then and then they said Nathan I was just like oh amazing I don't think I don't think that even if I won a world title which sounds ridiculous but let's say I did I don't think it would ever beat that moment because that was my world title that first one Oh, it's pretty style. That's it was against opponent that's that's fought for a world title. He's very highly respected and regarded. So for me, that was my world title, and it, I don't think that can ever be beaten ever again. Do, do you think that emotion there is that is that are you tied to because you've achieved something that you set out to, and it's yeah. the, it's the reward for the work that you've put in. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah, it's a release there. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, like you put all the work and you've done it, dedicated your whole life to the sports. And people have always, at least not my guys, my supporters have been phenomenal. But I think he, from what I heard, even some of my supporters were in the toilet department scene, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's got a chance tonight. Which which in itself is amazing because even though they don't believe they've got a chance, up. they're still there. Mm. But they didn't believe I had a chance, which is madness. Some of them w will believe that can beat anyone in the world because they've got that much love for me. But but like, yeah, but I don't, I don't think many thought I was going to do it. Did and I think that's what made it even better. Did you end up having any conversations with people? Because I remember when I boxed the girl, like people wanted me to win, but there was a lot of people who didn't think I could. And like yeah. these, they're, they're coming to support me, mm. exactly the same as you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, you try not to have a wobble, like camp, like throughout camp, being like, and try not to get emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Did you ever have that? Did you have any conversations? Did you even have any friends who say, oh, no, no, me, 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 me. Not like, well, I you could yeah. catch some stuttering. I did No, I didn't, no, I didn't have any, no one ever, maybe, no one ever told me at least, like yeah. to my face. Maybe they might have secretly thought, I don't think he's got a chance. Because you find a lad that's knocked 80% of his guys out. Yeah. He's only lost to Felix Cash and Janabek. So he was like a, a very, very good world champion. I think he's the IBF and WBO. Mm -hmm. And Felix Cash was highly regarded as well. So he's only had two losses against very, very, very good guys. But yeah, I don't know. It's just one of them. It's just can you turn up to to do it? And obviously, I, I proved on 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 Saturday night I, I can. Mm. That moment then, it's in the ring. Obviously, it's this explosion of emotion and joy. And then you have to obviously you do a bit interviews and whatnot. And then you sort of go back to the dressing room. Yeah. And then you sort of get back to life, like you yeah. say, make a cup of tea. What was the, what did that evening look like? You've got what two and two thousand of your fans or whatever yeah. like what, what what's the plan like how are you celebrating that night and what's the what like what's the feeling so the, we went in the back room and, and, and Steve Woodvine who's like one of my best mates and obviously my coach as well he, he just he just was he was just elated because he's dedicated his life to the sport he's been with the own boxing club as a young boy he boxed himself but then he's also been training the amateurs probably the last 15 20 years dedicated his life to the amateur sport just to and, but does everything for his fighters. Like when I, I remember when one of my first ever fights as a pro, he, he, his commission was like 60 quid. 
it was nothing but I was like oh Stevie he's like no you have it I was like it's 60 quid it's yours so like give me 60 quid and but that's the kind of person he is it's just all for all for his fighters so and he he would have loved he, he's loved boxing his whole life obsessed with it and seen all the great fights for the years particularly for the Lonsdale Bells so for him to get to win the biggest prize in British boxing like domestically I know he, he loved it he loved every second and even he said I don't think we'll ever re replicate that moment ever again mm. I just don't think you can because like you said about the underdog every, everything about it just it just was like you are we were the underdogs and it just how are you, how are you going to perform on that like Steve said to me in the build up listen I've seen glimpses of what you can do you just need to show it more now no one knows what you can do but I know what you can do and if you show it you're standing him on his head mm. and and I was thinking yeah I just need to do what you say it's easier said than done but but it, the week of the fight I just said if I do what you say Steve I, I, I think I can box his ears off this is no disrespect by saying that to him that's just this, that, this is just a personal conversation to me and Steve mm. had and and I did what he said on the night and, and it all and it. it all worked and it all worked well it all worked well and and yeah and then they were the rewards mm. it's one of them where all, everyone says you're going to lose and the bookies and everyone even some of your fans but the one voice that matters most to you Steve yeah he says yeah. You, you're not so it doesn't really matter about the rest yeah. of the noise yeah absolutely and, and like you said about well, how do you go back to normal life whatever but straight after I wanted to meet some of my friends because I had a few missed calls so this was late at night so what sort of time are you you're out? talking two in the morning showered and it's two. yeah so two in the morning like it was two in the morning just I, I said are you at Primworks which is like a bit with some bars and stuff and my mate was there I said I'm coming to you now I could hardly walk because my back was in bits like <laughs> I didn't even know you still got in the change room and I literally couldn't sit down I was like Ugh! like it was agony but I think that's all the, t the rolling twisting obviously Bentley was leaning on me a little bit and twisting me around mm. I think that had a, a bit of play to that and then so I got to the, 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 the bar I think it was O'Neill's the bar pub was or whatever and they were just closing up but they let me in for a little bit to see my friends and then and I was like I've got to go now please I'm knackered but then I say I'm knackered I got in bed and I was like this <laughs> for all night until like 8 in the morning Louise was asleep next to me I was like this I couldn't sleep I was absolutely buzzing and it was great because online the feedback was amazing. It was just amazing. I, I love seeing. It was just. It was just great. Mm. People love an underdog story, though. They do they love, love an underdog, underdog story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I like um, when I boxed for the British title, I was wired that night mm. as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. In bed and then checking. It was Twitter back then. Checking yeah. the Twitter updates because people love an underdog. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go back a bit to just to the the training, the prep for this fight. And you, yeah. and like I said, you're the underdog in the fight, and everyone's writing you off. Does that alleviate any pressure on you in the gym? Are you thinking there's no expectation of me here? Are you even thinking that? Yeah, because that's a weird one, isn't it? Because the fact of the matter is you just don't want to lose regardless. And you've still got to fight. Yeah, just regardless of whether someone thinks you're an underdog or thinks you're a favourite, you've still got to win and that's what you want to do. So I don't think it changed anything in that regard. But what it could potentially do is it could change your, your opponent's perspective in the sense of if everyone's telling you, every time you look online, you're going to knock this kid out in two rounds. It won't last a round. It won't last three rounds. You might buy into that a little bit. Possibly, and just think it's going to be easy. Who knows? I, I, I don't think Bentley's the kind of person to do that. But sometimes, maybe you can't, you can't even be helped if you've seen that all the time. Mm. Like, you can get in there, you can get that Nathan Ian kid, and you're just going to smash him to bits. So, there's pressure on him. In fact, when I boxed Jack Flatley um, the first time, I believed I was better than him. And people probably perceived that I should be winning that fight, but I did feel a lot of pressure for that fight. The first one, we had, I had a big cut on my eye. And I felt a lot of pressure in that because I thought you're expected to beat this person. And that's what made it. I definitely had more pressure in that fight, 100%. And I remember being with my wife in the kitchen just thinking, I've got to win this fight. I've got to win this fight. You've got to win them all. But for some reason, that was worse. The, set, the rematch we had, I, was, I performed really well and it was great. But, but yeah, I think when you're expected to beat someone, there's more, there is more, yeah, there is more pressure. So. Mm. Yeah, and, so, and less on you. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because like you said, there is no expectation. Mm. Can you? Yeah, can you but it depends. Like, because if if you're the underdog yeah. and everyone else thinks the other guy's gonna win, but you expect to win, you want to win. That's an awful lot of pressure there too. On yeah, yourself. And yeah. but it's that, that subliminal yeah. message that everyone's got is that you're not gonna win this fight. He's gonna win this fight. He's re ring walking, believing he's gonna ring uh, win the fight. The eyeballs watching it are waiting to see some sort of outcome. There's, there's unconscious bias like mm. that you've got to be wary of I always found that something that you try and detach from but I think it was a pressure like yeah, so yeah, fr- not be favourite the Frotch like, first fight you were the, that was probably the biggest the, the most widest underdog you've been isn't it yeah the first Frotch fight yeah did you feel any of that? Did you even care about people saying, Eddie Hearn saying medically unsafe this fight and all yeah, that sort well, of business? Yeah, like you don't care because you're trying to not care, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, th- that does feel like a workload that, that you've got to do, like in terms of convincing a lot of people but, that yeah. you're going to win. But, but psychologically, though, you played that first fight very, very well. Mm. Like I remember seeing the press conference and stuff and you were phenomenal in the build-up to it. Yeah, and I remember me and my dad had a big thing. My dad pitched you, he's like, he's going to stand him on his head. He's going to absolutely pitch you for this. And I was thinking, there's no chance. Foxy's two things. I've never seen a man jump so high off the sofa in that <laughs> in the first, first round because he was like, I'm pr- he was just. Knows he's basically, yeah. basically, yeah, because that's what he said. He knows better more than me. <laughs> I've never seen a man jump so high in that. That was, yeah, amazing fight that was. Yeah. Obviously. Shouldn't have ended the way it did, but yeah. still. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I guess. You, but you had that, you had that feeling though, that siege mentality. 
Yeah. Did you have, did you harness any of that? Like that idea of, you know, no. bollocks to everyone else, doesn't matter. I, I'm here to do this, or are you just, I just I, the same I, as always? I was just pretty chilled to be honest. Yeah. And do you think yeah. that was the key? Do you think that helped? I think you can let your emotions get a hold of you. 100% in a press conference. Like I, the, the, the way, the, for example, when people say things, it, you know when you do the face off? I think now people do that when they're, they're a bit nervous and they speak. But the reason I know that is because in the second Jack Flatley fight, there was pressure on for that one because obviously it was a rematch. And I was thinking, what does he know about me the first time that he can change for this fight? And for the first time ever, I wanted to say something at the face-off. But I had to stop myself because I thought to myself, that's out of character for me. I wanted to say something because I was nervous. I know I was. And then I realised after that, I thought, nah, when these other guys are doing the same thing, they're doing it for a reason. They're not scared as such, but they almost are because they're trying to make themselves feel more comfortable. And that's why they say doing what they're doing. So I just like being nice and calm. Like I said, the build-up, it was respectful between me and, me and Bentley anyway. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good lad and you can see the way he conducts himself in the sports anyway. And you don't really need to do that to sell a fight. I think the way we fight anyway is pretty entertaining. So that hopefully should sell itself. Mm. And yeah, but I just, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the build up to it. I didn't feel any pressure from that at all. I felt calm, confident when we were having like exchanges and stuff and, and yeah, it was good. How was you feeling during the fight? That first bell goes and you come together. Yeah. So when he walks in, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is it. This is it. It's happening now. It's like the reality of it is there. I've just done Delilah, feel amazing. You feel like you can literally fight anyone. And for the first time ever, I had to prove that, because I've said it before, when you walk out to the light and all your supporters are singing and you're singing with them, it's like a Stoke City hacker. It's yeah. like, it just gets you ready for battle. And, and I'd say, you can beat anyone. Well, that was the night I had to prove that you can you can beat anyone if it comes to it. But he's in front of me and just thinking, right, the man's in front of you now, you got you got the fight. And then first round, I just did what Steve told me to do. It readjust, keep doing what you need. And, it, and I just felt like Steve's right. I, I just straight away, I just knew Steve has, has got this bang on and then and then it just continued I just, and I'd got more confidence as each, as each round went on the, the only one I slipped up a little bit was round 8 and 9 maybe where I didn't really lose the rounds as such but I just wasn't as effective as I was previously when I was boxing and hitting shots a bit harder because that's when Steve had a bit of a go at me he said you, you're going back but you're not hitting him you're not you're not Giving, you're not making respect to you at all and, and he'll run away when I'm round so that's why I had to start digging in a little bit more in certain parts of the parts of the fight I've heard boxers say in the past oh after 10 seconds I knew I'd won this fight did that when did the no, penny no, drop no, for you he, I can never think that because he punches too hard yeah he really really and, and, there, and there was and there, were, there was times I mean in the first 30 seconds he threw a right hand thumb right in my eye straight in my eye and I thought He's going Mark Efron here, like where Mark Efron had a yeah. big, big swallow. I almost felt it swell up immediately, but fortunately he didn't. He didn't go any bigger than that. He just switched back on, so we caught me with that one. And and when and we had some exchanges where I'm going through it, and he's, the the strength he generates from that short range is phenomenal. Very, very, very strong. So I knew the whole fight, even though I was doing really well. It only takes one, mm. particularly with a guy with a knockout ratio with like him, and so. I never just thought, oh, I've won this. I've always, I had to be switched on for the all 12 rounds. Yeah, because he, he's a big a big puncher, but it just looked to me like a fight where he thought he was going to knock you out. And then when he, when you hit, and he did land a few times and you yeah. took it and he was like, oh shit, I haven't got a, I haven't got a plan B here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Did you feel that? Did you feel his belief start to drain? And he's like, oh, I'm in I, trouble here. No, I wouldn't say the belief ever drained from him. I don't think that, because I think when you got the punch like that, I think you always believe you're going to knock yeah. him out. 
But I've been there myself as an amateur. I remember knocking this one lad out. I went up Sheffield. First round, knocked him out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I've got the power now. And then I fought a lad the next fight. A lad called Jack Lamford. He just won the the CYPs or whatever. And I hit him with everything. I won the fight convincingly, but he just didn't budge. And then you, then you realise that the, the, the this magic hand is <laughs> not gone. magic anymore. Like It just... There's too many variables that go into it in terms of knocking some some people out. Like but I just knew I've I've got although I never want me to chin tested, I'm quite a tough lad. In twenty three years I've only been put down twice and then I've been straight back up afterwards. It was just flashes mm. and that's that's twice in, in like you think how many rounds of sparring and fights you've been doing over hundred and eight fights and thousands of rounds of sparring, how many punches been thrown at you so I knew I was okay in that area. You just don't want to get tested by it though, because no matter who you are, you can get put on your, on your ass, like. Mm. And Bentley can certainly do that. Because you start dropping your hands. I'm not sure which round this is, and just giving him a different look. Yeah, I'm sure. But you can see, oh, this is a confident fire at this point. Like you're yeah. in your flow. Yeah, yeah. Was you conscious of that at that point? Are yeah. you thinking I've won this fight now? Yeah. As long as it, it, it was just more. I was just enjoying it. Yeah. And. And I, I just, because see, I can do, when, when you were the amateurs and certain fighters, you can do it and you think, ah, you're looking brilliant to do anything, but then how, how are you going to do that against someone like, like Denzel Bentley, who's a dangerous puncher? You don't really want to risk putting your hands down, really. But mm. sometimes it just, especially if you've got the range correct, you can do that because you, you, you see the shots coming and, and it gives you more freedom to obviously move your head and stuff. Whereas when I'm up here tight, it does make me a bit more rigid, but 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 more protected as well. But that it just yeah, the flow of it was definitely coming along, and I was and I was I wasn't. I think it looked like I was enjoying this because I was enjoying this. I, I was loving this. It was great. And then obviously the crowd, because even when it, I was having to be tactical, because Bentley realised when he was coming at me, he had to go back himself. And Steve had said to me before, he's going to bait you. There's going to be one time when he's going to come on them ropes, he's going to bait you. You can't fall for it because he's just going to come over the top and he's going to try bang you with that backhand or left hook. And I'd noticed one bit where he was, he was on the back foot and Steve was going, don't fall for it, don't fall for it. Nathan, do not fall for it. And I'm following him and I'm following him. And I can hear Steve, but I'm not, it's not registering yeah. yet. It's not registering. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna fall for this. Yeah, and then and then and then I threw a jab, and then I saw that a counter right hand come, and I went, and then all of a sudden I heard Steve. So then I I sort of stepped back for a second, and I drew a line on the floor, and I said, "Come on, then." <laughs> and he just took it. He just took the veins, come straight at me, and that then and, and I just knew that I was like, right, I'm back to what I was. I'm, I'm doing good at. And there was another one where we saw I had something similar, and I just I was waiting there, and I, and I went, and I was like. I was just enjoying myself and just doing what I needed to do to make sure my game plan was being worked towards. It was, it was nothing special. It's just, yeah. Mm. People see obviously the big moment and your new British middleweight champion. People know about you. They know about the ring walk and the fans. But you've been boxing your whole life. Like yep. just wheel it all the way back. You were a kid. Like yep. how how old were you when you? We've seen the yeah, old videos. Yeah, like, so, so now, you're a toddler. I, yeah, so I mean, there's a little boxing beanbag when I'm probably two years old I'm sat on as a, as a baby but I, I think my first ever time in a boxing gym was nine years old at Queensbury Amateur Boxing Gym and and it was my dad that got me into boxing forced me into boxing essentially I had no choice <laughs> he, my dad was an amateur boxer himself pardon me and he, he was he had 50 fights he's a bit of a banger my dad was but what he lacked in finesse and skills he tried to put that into me years later when I was boxing but 
But yeah, it's uh, for the age of nine. I was in the gym and I started competing for the age of eleven, and in box every year until the age of twenty six when I stopped amateur boxing. So I've done it my whole life and, and fifteen years in amateur. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was great and and, and I had great experiences throughout that time as well. I mentioned in the um, press conference just before the fight. I've done. I did everything I could to to achieve something as an amateur. I never did. I was a massively underachieving amateur. I didn't do anything really. But there was one time when I was like 19, 20 years old. I used to drive from Stoke to Liverpool every day. It's like 120 mile round trip to do it to, just so I could box for the Rotunda and Liverpool. It's a very successful amateur mm. boxing gym. It's yeah. like the Repton of the North, essentially, or or at least of, of that area of the of the country. And like I used to be sparring with Callum Smith week in, week out, Rocky Fielding, and mixing with all these great fighters. And it gave me, basically gave me experience for like, for these days right now, which you don't think about at the time, but, but it did, it did help me. Mm. Is it true you had a vision or like a goal you wanted to sign with Frank Warren? Yeah, that when was, did that pop up? Like, when did you establish that? That was from the age of, I think, 17. When, <laughs> really? I, when I realised I was never going to be a football player. I was too <laughs> it small. It only dawned on you at 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, I reckon you still do a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well now I'm bigger. I'm bigger now, so I could... If I was the size I am now then, I, I might have been okay. But I was just such a small kid. Even to the... I didn't really... I was like a really late developer. I didn't start growing until like 19. So that's probably... I can probably last a bit longer. Now is it... Because I'm like 34 now, but, but I still getting better, like I'm still getting fitter, but, and I feel good, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it was like 17, I saw Frankie Gavin win um, the gold in the Chicago World Amateur Championships, I was thinking, oh, I want to fight for England, then then instead of being obsessed with football, I became obsessed with boxing, then boxing became my love, so I just wanted, I, for some reason in my head, I was like, I don't want to work, I want to be, I, I, just I know wanna, the feeling, I, I don't want to work, I just want to be an athlete essentially, so that's why it just became my sole focus, and then, I was thinking I need to win the ABAs yeah. then I can get signed by Frank but that is so much easier said than done <laughs> it was hard enough getting out the Midlands area to be honest it was hard enough getting out the Midlands <laughs> and and I think I only did that once to be fair I think I only got out the Midlands once so it's a bit of a weird dream to have because how little I achieved as an amateur although I did do, I did beat some a number of international lads and I went over to Denmark and did really well in the tournaments over there so I show ability but I just never really did anything so yeah but but now all, all that experience out those years and all that helped me out mm. now really mm. and you don't turn pro to your 26 27 so, 27. 27 yeah but there, it was still the dream to become well, a professional athlete well, well so the dream of fighting for Frank Warren sort of it, it d disappeared the moment I, I, I stopped amateur boxing because the, my first daughter Ava was born and then I became a teacher at Stafford College and then that was it. And then how where, old were you then? Sorry? I was twenty. So I was oh twenty, twenty, twenty-five or twenty-six. Got my teaching placement. And then where before I had to, I had to have boxing. Oh, this is how I'm going to make a career. Suddenly, I then became a teacher, and that was my career. So I know I no longer needed boxing anymore. Mm. But then about a year after stopping amateur boxing, I then suddenly thought to myself. I'm going to have to try this pro boxing, even if it's on the small hall scene. Because I've seen what had happened in Stoke-on-Trent. They turn pro, everyone goes to the first fight. Let's say 100 go to the first fight, then 80 go to the second fight, 60 go to the third fight, 40 go to the fourth, and then they have to retire because you can't sell any more tickets. And I never used to have anyone watching me fight as an amateur. So I thought to myself, I've got no chance on the small hall scene. Because I had this delusion, if you're with Frank Warren and that, you won't have to sell tickets. 
but that's not the case really because that's it's a business for them is is anything else but I just thought and I said to Louise give me three years let me just see what I can do and and I was with Errol Johnson at BCB Promotion so I went a bit different I didn't go with whatever whoever one used to go with in Stoke I went outside the area it was just me and my, my teammate Luke Catchy together and he and, and Errol used to make some great shows in Stoke and he just slowly grew each one like 60 people came to me debut then about 80 on the next one 90 on the next 100 it just gradually increased and then my Midlands area title fight my first title about 330 people went to that one but my dad had died eight weeks before that yeah so like um, yeah so like it yeah so eight weeks well in, in fact he, he took his own life and I went to his house and, and found him but but the next day is when the Midlands board actually sanctioned me to fight for the Midlands area title oh, and my manager Errol didn't know what happened to me dad and I just would text him back and I just said yeah gate's sorted just, I just thought, yeah, I couldn't miss an opportunity like that. It sounds ridiculous, I know. The day like, after? The day after, yeah. Sounds sounds very weird. Did you just think, oh, i got to get on with it? It got... just, yeah, just, yeah, I'd never, it's, um, I'd never been, I'd never got as upset. I didn't know you could get as upset as you did, as I did when, when I found my dad, like, and then driving home to, to see my wife and my daughter and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but I've, I managed to speak about my dad saying, no, I'm getting upset. So, yeah, yeah so it'll be, it'll be fine. But, and then, but it was hard, but then, but then for how four... Many, how many people turned, like, what was the, what was the, in that Midlands area title fight, so your first title? Yeah. How many people we... we there was about 330 there? people that came to that. And it was amazing, because yeah. it was in the King's Hall and Stoke, which is very much like the King, uh, York Hall, but just much better looking. And the, acoustic, <laughs> and the acoustics are great in there. But... but that, there's YouTube videos of those ring walks. That, yeah, that, yeah. that one is amazing. Yeah, yeah but... The, but I think for that one, people were supporting me as a person as opposed to supporting me as a boxer. Because I think they knew what I'd have gone through and he was just there to support me. But it ended up being an absolutely incredible fight. One way, it was the first four rounds were two apiece. I'd hurt him the first round, he hurt me the second round. I'd, I'd visibly, visibly wobbled. Third round, I hurt him. Fourth round, he hurt me. And it was like a real, and then all of a sudden I listened to Steve finally and started boxing him up and then won the fight. And it was very similar to the, when I won that, that bout, just the, the, the relief of finally getting it. And it was a bit gutting just because my dad never got to me to see me win the first ever title. He got to see me, for, in fact, he never got to see anyone. I remember telling me, telling him that I'd sold a hundred tickets and he was absolutely, he couldn't believe it. hundred tickets, it's amazing. Like, but imagine if you saw all the other fights that we've had since mm. then with thousands of support of me. He, he did just, he did when, he, he just, can't even explain how he would have felt, the pride he would have felt. And obviously a father myself, I can only imagine what I'd feel mm. if my kids did something like that. But yeah, it's, um, and like, I'm not, I'm not saying about my dad taking his own life, like, oh, I'm just explaining the story behind it. Because if that fight never happened, I don't think I'd be where I am now. Because it was from then, the next fight, there was 400 people that went. And then the next fight after that, there was 775 that went. And that was where, the one you saw at the, the, York, uh, the King's Hall where it was sold out and, and it went viral, yeah. the walkout did. And then that's when I got signed by Warren about four weeks later. It was off the back of that Off one. the back of that. That yeah. was the next first defence of that of that area title, was it? Well, no, that was, that was the IBO Continental. Oh, that yeah, was, of course. So, so yeah, so that was the IBO Continental. Yeah. And but next fight after that, so like your 10th, what was that, 10th, 11th That was my 10th fight, yeah, yeah, yeah. so... And 
Yeah, because the next fight, so the next fight after the, the, I won, so my seventh fight was when I won the Midlands area, but my next fight after that was my first ever TV one where I boxed on the BT Sports Show on Frank's Midlands Mayhem card. And I wasn't signed by Frank at the time. I just took 360 with me down to Birmingham. And then I ended up boxing on a really good sl- slot. I was like a float, but I got on a really good slot. So it was, it was great. And But then nothing ever happened after that. I just It wasn't like I was signed and stuff. But then, but my event, like that walkout that went viral, that was the week before the first ever lockdown happened. So that was basically one of the last ever sporting events outside of Cheltenham. And and yeah, that, that changed everything then, yeah. really. Well, at what point did you think, or did, was it always natural to you, like, I'm going to harness this, I'm going to do Delilah, all of my all of my mates and my football like football fans are here, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my thing? Or did it just happen yeah, it, organically? It, 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 so my first ever one was at this food banquet in Hall, in, <laughs> in Bilston Walls. So it was like, yeah, my tra- sports had to travel away. And it was freezing there. It was horrible. And I, I was coming out to that. I was just a bit awkward. But, <laughs> but it wasn't anything special to me. But when I went to the King's Hall, and I you got, like looking at the arena before, and just like I did with the Manchester Arena, there was a stage there. And I just thought, you could do something with that stage a little bit. You could do a bit of theatrics to it. Mm. But bear in mind, they only had 80 people there watching me. So when I was doing it, it was awkward as anything. <laughs> it's a right idea, to be honest. <laughs> but in my head, I was just thinking, if the crowds get bigger... Like one day it could look really, really good, possibly. Yeah. And I did look an idiot doing it to be honest. I remember thinking to myself, I'm looking a right idiot. <laughs> but then but then fast forward a number of fights and it was sold out. Stoke City flags all over the banisters. And it was exactly what I had in my head happened. And it was just they, they all my guys will say that those were the, they was they they were magical nights they were just the 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 the, the electricity of the venue how compact it was it it was phenomenal it was phenomenal but they've managed to move that now into these massive arenas as well so it's still still working really well mm. it's incredible Mad. stuff how many how many did, how many were there on Saturday there was two uh, over just over two thousand over two thousand yeah so from from like a lad who is an amateur. I'd, I'd probably five people there, like my dad, my girl, me, me, she was my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, and just one or two of my friends to then, and then even on my debut, I've been 60 people going there and it's just growing the way it has. It's just, it's, it, that that's what I pinched myself to. Not so much the British style, that's amazing. And I love that I've achieved it. But that's something I never thought could happen. Like the, the amount of love and support that, that my city has shown me and people from around the area as well. Tell us a bit about that job as a teacher. So, what is it, Stafford, Staffordshire College? Yeah, it was Stafford College, yeah. Stafford College, yeah, what, Stafford. Was, what was the job? Uh, so, uh, I was a sports lecturer, right. teaching like BTEC sports and like HND courses as well, I did when I was at Newcastle College. But, yeah, I was actually a student there. They did like a foundation degree course. So, Stafford College was a, a satellite college to Staffordshire University. So, you do your first two years there, and then the final year at Staffordshire University to make it the full degree. But I was fortunate, it was a very intimate class really. I had about 20 people in there. And then one day in my second year, I had to do a presentation. And Jill Moss, bless her heart, lovely, lovely woman, Irish woman. She, she was one of the managers there. And she assessed me for, as part of the course and did the presentation. It wasn't the best, but I thought it was okay. And then, but she afterwards just spoke to me about teaching. She said, have you ever thought about doing teaching? I was like, 
yeah, but not in college. He said, well, you could do it. So I, I, I didn't think I could. He said, listen, get at least a 2-1 in your degree in the final year and I'll give you a placement here. I've never worked so hard in my life as a, as a student. Like I was always floating through college, university. I couldn't be bothered. But I, I had a focus then. And and then, yeah, so I, I did that and I, I loved it. I've worked with some amazing people like Vinny, I had Alex, I had Callie, Tim, um, Sava, Jack, I'm, I'm going to miss someone else here, but they, <laughs> and they might get offended, but it was, it was just, the office was mint. Like just the bands that you had in there, it was just a really, really good place to work. The students were good. So, some were great, some weren't. Like I think I've said before, but I think working as a teacher for a year gave me the desire to start punching people again. So that's why I went back into professional <laughs> boxing. But, 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 but it's, yeah, it, it, it's a tough job. But then, but then other times are easy. But for me, it was the people I worked with. It was amazing, amazing. Mm. Well, talking of punching people, Dick, mm. we should have a quick break there because I've got you the best feature. The best one we've ever done. It's the best one we've ever done. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, back in the game. So Nathan, every week we have a feature for yep. our guest which uh, is a quiz. Always a quiz. It's always a quiz. Yeah. Um, and different quiz every week. And this week, I think I think you're half inspired by you, Dak. Yeah. Feature name. We we kick about feature names. Kick yeah. about. Nathan Heaney's good for puns. Okay. What, what do we land on? Heaney, Meany, Miney, <laughs> KO. Nice. Right. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, slightly tenuous at the end, but fine. Yeah, don't worry about that. Right? Yeah. Heeny, meeny, miny, ko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had worse, too. Right. So who's going to go first? Well, what's what's the premise? I'm joking. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, <laughs> right. So boxing quiz about knockouts. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to give you uh, a fight. Yeah. Or you to just tell me what round it was finished in, oh. and then for the listeners and viewers they can go back and watch these fights because they're incredible yeah. so if you go first Nathan yeah. then you just tell me high or lower we'll see who goes right, okay. who gets it right <laughs> and you go I go but if, no, if, if one of us just gets it right if you're right, on the button boom. winner bash. do you want to go yeah. first or second yeah I'll go first, I'll go first. right so okay. champ so Marius Bredis I can never say his name right first round fights no Man- no, 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 no Manuel Char Ooh. Oh fuck! I forgot that fight. Uh, let's get. Uh, I don't think I've ever watched that fight. I'll go round six. Higher or lower? I think it's eight. It's five. Oh, oh very close. That's yeah. not going to see that one. Our British stands a right uppercut, left hook, yeah. and he's out. I thought you were going to say British. I, I didn't. I thought you were going to say British. Prescott. Prescott. Yeah, it was yeah. round one. Yeah, that was right. a calm one. I hope that's not in there. Ready? I'm so ready. Born ready. 
Gazaev. Gazaev. Yeah, right. oh, I know. Don't and know. he's fighting. Is it Schmeling or Schmeling? Yeah. Max Schmeling. Yeah, no, not him. <laughs> from the fucking uh, it's got to be. What's I haven't read his first name down. I fucked it right up. Schmeling. <sighs> I mean, I don't. One, it's I don't know who Schmeling is. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say Gassiev. Murat Gassiev. He wins. Yeah. He win in the third round. I was going to say three. I'll, gonna, I'll say two. It's first round. First oh, round. Yeah. Oh, watch this one. <sighs> left hook. Ten seconds left Isn't in the round. Schmeling. Schmeling. That's how you spell it. Anyway, whoever it is. Name. Gets big, folded. Big shout out to him. Two nil to you. Yeah, we're this not, is we're not bad. bang on at all. This no. is like you. This is like you against Denzel Bentley. <laughs> Running away with it. Stop. <laughs> right. Uh, Andy Lee versus John Jackson. Oh, what a knockout. Eight. Lower. Yeah, it's the fifth. Five, uh, yeah. Uh, that knockout. The left hook one. Oh, wait, uh, of course, on the right hook. Come right on. hook. Yeah, 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 that one. He just like, goes flat in his face. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a He's right at yeah, Andy Lee, right, one of the bit... You sparred him, didn't you? Yeah. One of the most underrated one-punch knockout men ever. Yeah. Like, he's, his he's knockouts strong, yeah. were insane. Well, to, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, in sparring, he didn't really show it much mm. either. Get a little gloves But on. when he needed to, yeah. Yeah. he just pulled him out. The, yeah, yeah. I think he was down on the cards that night. He was. Well. He always was. He always, he always was. was. Like, Peter well, Quillen dropped on him. Top of, he's coming on top of him. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's your ears when he needs to yeah. bang. Same with Korobov. Out. He's behind and against Korobov. Knocks him out. Amazing. Anyway, I'm back 2-1. Cheers, Andy Lee. Yeah. Julian Jackson. Oh. Who's John Jackson's dad, by the yeah. way. Like that, think, yeah. that purpose, yeah. uh, Wayne Powell. Never I mean, Jack Jackson. <laughs> that sounds like the worst boxing supporter in the world. Yeah. Here. No, Wayne it's, Powell. It's not, it's not one of At least his, it's not Schmeling. Yeah, it's not one of his b bigger no, names. Because he could easily have a highlight reel. Mm. Pound uh, for pound highlight reel. What number uh, are you going with? Who's it? It's Deck. No, it's Nick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I'll go. Um, Shall I make it a bit easy for no, you? No, actually, it's my go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Jackson. I'm going to go four. Three. On the button. Four. Oh, come on. Yeah. Do I get trouble for that one? Yeah, it's knockout of the year in 1990. Yeah, I knew it. I was yeah. going to say that. <laughs> right, next one. That's um, you, no, it's you, Nathan. That's yeah, two all, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Vlad, Vlad Klitschko. Never heard of him. Against Fast Eddie Chambers. Ooh. Eight. I think it's ten. Twelve. Ah, oh, yeah. But no, it was late. It's like ten seconds to go. Ten seconds. Fifty-one thousand people. See, what you needed is Steve in your ear going. He's yeah. just baiting you. Yeah. He's baiting yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to move. You got to move. Like three, two. Come on. Right. Sergio Martinez, Paul Williams. Ooh, oh. that's what a knockout that is. I reckon it was like six. Backhand ones. Yeah. Doof. Sends him face face. down. Another Five. South, another southpaw. Two. Two. Early doors, yeah. yeah. Right, well, we, are, we are dreadful. We yeah, well, I know you, you got some bang on. Yeah, so yeah any bang on. That's a that's yeah. a bad Face one. First, he's out. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Dillian White versus Povetkin won. <sighs> so yeah, Povetkin wins. Yep. In the garden, in, in Matchroom Square yeah, Garden. In the Matchroom Square Garden. Remember this knockout? Yeah. Uppercut slips outside the. Yeah. Oh yeah. But what? Yeah. Fourth round. Three? Five. Oh! Yeah. I remember it so well. And because he'd be beating him up. Povetkin's yeah. down twice Dropped. in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's up. Oh, you're back he's in, back in Edna. This is like your Midlands area yeah. title fight. <laughs> Four, three. Another uh, regular appearance. Julian Jackson. Oh, fucking beat him They're again. They're all by my grade. 12. 11. 
Four. Oh, was it? Oh, <laughs> I just oh, went yeah, yeah, yeah. lower. Went lower and get the whole rest of the fight. <laughs> Jackson gets rid of him early. Yeah. Fourth round. Um, it's fucking lights out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Takaloo versus Wayne Alexander. Legendary night. Yeah, what's that? That's like early 2000s. Yeah, it must be. That's not the one where he like slips and he comes over the left hook when they both like almost like yeah, at the same yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to have to guess round five. He don't even know. I haven't written the fucking round. He's, normally, he's yeah. like, he's here with the body shots or something. He's like, he's here with the body yeah. shots. He's talking and he's just... Yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. it is left up. I reckon, uh, I think it was a bit later than that though. What was your answer anyway? I think this is a five. I think I said five. Five. I think it was later, like 10. Two. Oh, for yeah. Is it bad Two. Dreadful, dreadful. Yeah, I thought one minute, it was, it was one minute 58 of the second round, okay. actually. Mickey Pound was the ref. Yeah, you knew that. Um, and Larry O'Connell was a judge with uh, Reg Thompson. Yeah, how do yeah. you know that? Pacquiao Han. Three. Or is it two? No, two. <laughs> two. Last second of the three. Of the second. Yeah. Two on the button. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Marquez Pacquiao, the last <sighs> one. Marquez wins. Eight. Six. Six. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that might be level. Alvarez versus Khan. Oh, I was there. Five? Six. Six oh. on the button. Wilder, Dominic Brazil. Whose go is it? It's my go. It's my go. It's yeah. my uh, One. Yeah. Yeah. It's one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Pulver- one. Vaporized. And him. done. Right. Yeah. Uh, David Tua, John Ruiz. Three. Uh, two. It's one. Oh. Yeah. Literally comes out, hits him, and it oh, just keeps one. hitting him before yeah, 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 yeah. Brutal. Right. Um, You'll go, Nathan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jose Zapida and Ivan Baranchek. Nine. Twelve. Five. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I watched that fight. That was unbelievable. Dreadful. Yeah, yeah. They got eight knockdowns. Yeah, that was a mental fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, last one. Ray Mercer. First. Merciless. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Tommy Morrison. Morrison. Against the ropes. Getting to, uh, seven. I hate it when he looks up. Yeah. I've got it wrong. I'm going to say two. Five. Oh. Five. Have you seen that? Yeah, close, yeah that's bad. Oh, it's bad. That's a real bad. I think it you won bad. there, Nathan. I reckon you could yeah. keep your title. Yeah, yeah, there's that's no title. I'll keep the title, yeah. Yeah. Ten six. Fuck. Oh, fair. Ten six. That's a yeah. that's a white yeah, yeah. I think one judge had it level though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's always one in there. Yeah. Where's the celebration? Well he didn't celebrate. No, he didn't celebrate. It didn't mean that much to him. He visualised himself being four <laughs> rounds down. <laughs> After, yeah, he's watching, he's watching Gassiev against now, Sherman or his name is. Anyway, um, you said in the build-up to that fight, well, you said it already today, that was like your FA Cup final for you. That was yeah. like your World Cup final. So what happens now? Like, what's the time? Are you reassessing goals? Like, what, what are you look? What you you go Champions for? League now, don't you? Or, 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 or <laughs> the World qualified. Cup? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I was saying that in terms of, in football, in terms, in terms of, like, it's the FA Cup final of, of British boxing because that's what it is in, on the domestic scene. But, but now it's just yeah. I definitely want to. Like I said, it's it's mad to think about it. But Frank did say the winner will fight for a world title next year, and I was the winner. So I mean, Bentley fought Janabek previously and gave a very good account yeah. to himself. I had a very good fight with him. Now listen, even if I got splattered in the first round, I don't. I, I just I love the the privilege of fighting for a world title. You know, to be the first person from my city anyway to ever have ever done that, and just see how I could give if I could give a good account to myself. And when it's you, I'm, I, there's been stranger things happening in in, in, the, in the world. So who knows? But that, that's essentially what I would love to happen. 
you're in a division as well, which is like wide open. It's kind of yeah. strange because it would seem to be sewn up. I mean, even into like at the top level, it seems to be sewn up for years. And now it's like Janabek signed it kind of in many people's eyes the number one, but then you know what Charlo's doing. It's kind of open for yeah. for someone to gate crash the party. Yeah. Because yeah. some divisions aren't. No. And your one definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it'd be very interesting. It's it's mad to even think that can be discussed, but but it certainly can. So I'm I'm just open to whatever ever can happen mm. in that regard. Because it, it'd be I've proved myself in that last fight a little bit. I just need to prove myself a little bit more now in terms of if we go for higher titles. Are you a free agent at the moment, or are you signed to Warren? No, I'm 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 a, I'm a Queensbury boy. I am, and then yeah, that that was my dream. I was a Frank Warren. It was my dream to fight for Frank Warren, and that is that's and that's the way it will be. Mm. That's the way it will be. And they got to carve you out a route now to get you to that world title. Yeah, well, yeah, they they've been they've been they've been giving me good fights on the way up, and every fights challenged me in different ways. Like even when I've boxed, the like called Ramirez, Diego Ramirez from Argentina, he stopped Bradley Skeet, and like stopped him completely, and it. And in fact, that lad put me on me on my ass when I boxed him in the first round, and that that taught me something. But then obviously Jack Flat, and then then they really stuck it on me with with Bentley. But I've come through it now, so just see what else they can sort for me. That also on Saturday night, Tyler Denny won the European middleweight yeah, title. Yeah, that's I mean for me that seems like such a good fight. You two British European yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. I, I'll. I, I really like Tyler. He's a good lad, and to be fair, we've probably sparred fifty rounds together. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, Denny was probably my last spar before Denzel Bentley. Like he was, he was one of the last spars that I had. In fact, I think he was the last spar I had, and then I sparred with the amateurs in house about three days later. So yeah, but he, but he's very awkward and very good at what he does. Very good. So and that's why I lo I loved because I thought to myself Bentley might change Southpaw in the fight. So. And Tyler throws awkward looping shots as well, just like like Denzel does. So he he was perfect. But like, listen, De Tyler's done amazing in one night. BCB Harold Johnson had Liam Davis, European champion, Tyler then a European champion, and me as a British champion in one night. It was it was phenomenal for him. And so I'm very happy for all all the lads, Liam, Tyler, and and most importantly Errol, our manager. Mm -hmm. It was great. What what we see these days, anyone wherever anyone is from, they go, oh, we could do a fight in the stadium. Yeah. regardless of any allegiance to a football team yeah. but you've got this genuine link to Stoke City yeah. big fan all the fact that that's a realistic ambition for you it certainly is and Frank's been trying to get it sorted for a while but now I think with that British title when he sort of it could open something more up in terms of not being a British title fight at the ground it could be a world title fight at the ground so let's just I've just got to keep I've just got to keep progressing just keep working hard like I am in the boxing and just see what Frank and George can do, and, and I'll just I'll be open to anything. Just excited, just thinking about that. Like I, I went to the Frampton nights in Belfast yeah. and that, and like, but you in the Stoke Stadium for a world title it, it, yeah. would be like an, a moment in British boxing history. Yeah, and and and, and a moment for for my city as well. For Stoke on Trent. Yeah, we we lack a lot in terms of infrastructure, in terms of the city. When you go to Manchester or London, it's just incredible what you've got, like the bars, the the pubs, the the restaurants and stuff. We haven't really got anything like that in Stoke. All we've got is the people. The people are, are phenomenal. Like the greatest hearts you'll ever meet in people. Very friendly, great people. And you see how they support me as well. Mm. And obviously people love the walkouts to like Delilah and stuff. But imagine, imagine 20 odd thousand. Imagine that. And, and, I, and I don't care who's in the corner. That would be intimidating. I don't, I don't, I don't care who you are. It would definitely play a part. And, and we've seen like what Josh Warrington's done to upset the bookmakers and 
and like you said, we've got core fans. It just it can make it can turn normal people into something a little bit more because they just give you that. So we just got to see what happens. On on that because we had Chris Bellum Smith and obviously he boxed at Bournemouth. He's a proper Bournemouth fan. You're a proper Stoke fan. Bellew, proper Everton fan. Bellew always said it was like a nightmare in the end because it's like he's been going there his whole life, and he's like, shit, if I lose here, I can never come back. It's like it's ridiculous pressure yeah. that you just pile on yourself by doing it. Yeah, no, that Do you know what I mean? That wouldn't bother me. Just, just being like, see, I envision myself as a football player there. <laughs> like, so envision doesn't envision envisions things doesn't always work. But that's, <laughs> but just to be on the pitch with a with a boxing ring and the big light show that they've got I've got at Stoke City, which looks amazing. Mm. Mate, I could get knocked out in the first round. I've 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 achieved something that. It was a. It's just will be amazing for that one minute before you get knocked out. It'll be the best atmosphere you've ever seen. <laughs> but no, it's. But no, it's. But obviously, I wouldn't be. I, I yeah, wouldn't, be I, winning I, anyway, I would wouldn't not, you? I would not want that to happen. Like, and I don't think it would happen. But anything can happen in boxing. But the fact that you're there, you know, you've already won and you've created something for the city that may never ever happen again. It's definitely a once in a lifetime kind of thing where this the support all comes together, and and could create something like that, particularly for Stoke on Trends. Mm. It's incredible. Got two bits of housekeeping, George. Yeah. You're going to do the second one. I want the first one. It's not even on the script. What's, who's your favourite ever Stoke player? Ricardo. Oh, I was hoping you're going to say that. Ricardo what Fuller. a player. And, and what's even more even crazy, what's even more mad than that, is he was there watching me fight in the Manchester Arena. Was he? Yeah. He's such a great bloke. What a, what a player just... He could be dead lazy, but man, the, the magic that man could create. Yeah. And I remember he's a, one goal he scored where he sort of like chipped over someone's head like a bird yeah, camp sort yeah, of job. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. Does he live in Stoke still? I don't know where he lives. Yeah, he, I think he's local, yeah. He's just, sure a, he's just a big Nathan he's just, Heaney he's, fan. He's just, a, he's just a great, great individual. Mm. Like, it, yeah, there's some great players that play for Stoke. and but, they, but I think that's what made that team so great is what who they were as people as well just hard working grafters and just and you could just see the, the, the chemistry that those guys used to have between each other but, but yeah but for me Fuller Fuller is, is the one I th was hoping you'd say that I reckon George you're going to ask the last question I reckon I know the answer yeah do you know the answer yeah. so every week we ask our guests to add their ring walks playlist whatever their ring walk tune would be to our playlist that we've got on Spotify yeah. Um, what do you reckon? You got any ideas? <laughs> I, I, I think we know it's, it's obviously Tom Jones Delilah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, I, I think, unfortunately, that'll be played at my funeral as I walk in, to be honest. So it's a bit thingy, but but yeah, it's it's, it's just amazing. Mm. Can you listen? To, you, you must hear it all the time. No, 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 no. Obviously, you hide away from it oh, no, when, sing, no, and no, save it for your ring. No, well, you, well, obviously, you're singing it so all the time anyway, but. But on the way, I normally listen to it once or twice the day of the fight. Just be like, just remember what it sounds like, just so you know what the feeling is. But I forgot to do it last time. So I said to Steve on the way up in his car, sorry, mate, I need to put Delilah on. Just put Delilah on, turn it up, and then listen to it all. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. So, yeah. That's stoked for him. Yeah. It sets the tone. Yeah, eating oat cakes and listening to yeah, Delilah yeah, yeah, on the yeah, way up. Yeah. Well, I thought we might say that. Amazing. Lovely. Nathan Thanks, Eames, the new, the new British middleweight champion. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Seem to be European world champion. Well, who knows? Who we'll knows? Be at Stoke, but thank, we'll thank be at Stoke. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much. Nice one, Nathan. How about that then, Deck? Nathan Heaney, the underdog to end all underdogs. But he's not really anymore, is he? Because he's a champ. No, yeah. But I mean, exactly, he's a champ. But it's hard to, sh to sort of shake that underdog. Mm. 
sort of status, which he's now inherited through this Denzel Bentley fight. So he's pushing for big fights. Um, guess what date? He'll probably be the undercard. Uh, undercard. He'll be the underdog again. <laughs> be the main event. He'll be main but event. He's he's certainly main event. Yeah. Big ticket seller. I mean, it's. Impossible. I mean, I know you're thinking why, oh, why, <laughs> uh, and but he is. It's impossible not to root for Nathan Heaney. Like you can see why he sells that many tickets. His story is unbelievable. Point poignant story. Obviously, got there was some emotional moments there. And he wraps it all up and delivers a performance like that on Saturday night. And I'm genuinely, that night, if they do it at Stoke City Stadium, that would just be something very, very special. Absolutely. I'll be there singing Delilah on my press, on press row. Doing a Tom Jones impression or just you? No, just doing the song. You're probably working doing the comms or something, aren't you? Oh, don't your sort of vibe these days. Um, but if, you know, you're quite busy with that these days. But mm. if people wanted to reach you, say on the socials, are you still, do you still even look at them? No, I do, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. A good place to start yeah. would be uh, on our socials at the GG Boxing Club. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Send us a message. Leave us a comment. Share, like, and subscribe. You don't really need to subscribe to TikTok, but it sounds can good. Can you subscribe on TikTok? Well, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, do you know what else you can do? What else if you, you can go do? On the, if you go on the iTunes, you could leave us a review. Love that. Uh, someone left us a review, George. Is it five star? Five stars, yeah. of course. Morgan Howell. George Groves and his quote-unquote partner, Deck. Take that, partner? Partner, partner yeah. Give a little bit of intellect to the boxing podcast scene. Intellect. I don't mean we take windy walks or hold hands. <laughs> George, has always, George has always shown his intelligence when he was fighting. He continues to give great insights into the world of boxing. It's not just reviews of upcoming fights and recent action, but they also touch on some of the other interesting aspects of the sport, like when you have to give your belt back to the champ you've just beat, or what's your first loss like? Or, it can add to this, Morgan, being an underdog. Morgan says, I listen to it on my road work and it gets me through it and it makes me smile, thanks. All I can say to that is thanks. Thanks back. Morgan Howell, that's, what's talk, that's the sort of review we want, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is a thorough review. Yeah. I like that. I mean, if you read that review, you're probably thinking, I don't even need to listen to the show no, now. I'm going to follow that So now. that was, um, I'm going to follow uh, Morgan's review. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. That's um, that's Apple. Uh, what about Spotify? Anything, Spotify. Have, have anything happening on Spotify these days? Well, you can sort of follow us on, on Spotify, which is very important. But you yeah. can also search for our playlist, The Ringwalk, and listen to every one of our guests ringwalk tracks this is what they would ringwalk to so if you're in your bedroom shadow boxing thinking about making a comeback if you're out you know like you might be doing from time to time deck shreds uh, uh, shreds you know running up that hill listening to Kate Bush, Kate Bush yeah uh, place placebo yeah and uh, so now it's just why 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 Delilah you don't want to listen to why 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 as you're trying to get up that hill no. when you're coming down the hill you know why yeah you're cruising cruising yeah alright so that's on Spotify Spotify what about doing like adverts any options yes there is a great option for that which is Amazon Music Oh. so Amazon that fulfil every need possible one of them being music and if you want to listen to our show there you won't get hit with an advert that sounds like that sounds like a sweet deal to me. Sweet deal indeed. Do you want what's even sweeter, George? What's even sweeter? This podcast is now available on YouTube. Ah. So you can see Nathan Heaney. You can see his belt. You can see his, his battle scars. Yes, he's got sort of a little marking under the eye. It's sort of, it's on its way out, so it's gone a bit yellow, um, <laughs> which is like a detail that probably the most casual fan won't know about because yeah. they don't see fighters. No. 
this fresh yeah, from battle. From battle, yeah. Yeah, so YouTube, of course, uh, and you can listen to it always on on audio. But if you want to see it, you want to see us in brilliant Technicolor, we're on YouTube now. We are. We're at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, George, on YouTube. Yes. So you can do both or you can do either, but don't say we don't, you know. Do both. We don't cater for everyone. Do both. I'll see you next week, George. See you next week, Deck. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.